Welcome to Pop Culture on the Rocks. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Pop Culture on the Rocks. This is Anna, and I'm here with Callan, and we're excited to talk about everything pop culture. Can't get enough, am I right? It's so true. Endless content, endless conversation. I love it. Me too. It's just something new every week. I I never know what to expect, even though we plan out ahead of time what we're going to talk about. You know, it's fun to just start chatting and see what comes up. So if you're listening, I hope that you like going on the ride with us because we don't really usually know where it's going to lead. It is. We're great at winging it and just like, I don't know. It's just fun to banter back and forth. Well, what have you been watching recently? So I was going to mention a movie that I watched with my mom recently. So um, I don't know about you other uh, 20-somethings who do have a job but have spent way more time with your parents this year because of quarantine. Um, that's been my my thing, which I think is awesome. It's nice to have some bonus time with them. So I talked a few episodes ago about how my mom and I had watched like all the Star is Born movies. Yeah. All four of them. So um, we decided to have another movie night recently, and we watched one of her favorite movies from the 70s. Uh, She always says this is one of the funniest movies she's ever seen. She saw it in theaters in 1978, and she always talks about how she was crying laughing. So I was excited to watch it. But it's called Heaven Can Wait. Have you ever heard Hmm. of it? I've never heard of that. It is a really funny plot. It's a Warren Beatty movie. The plot, without giving too much away, is there's a young professional football player. He plays for the LA Rams. And he's gearing up for, like, this is the season that we're going to make it to the Super Bowl. Well, he's riding his bike through this tunnel in Malibu. And we see a, like, a semi-truck come. And you basically assume that he is hit by this truck and dies. (laughs) Oh, gosh. So then he gets to heaven, or what you call, it's just, like, white clouds and kind of, like, your, your gate. You're getting transported to your final destination, basically. Right. And it turns out that a new, like, guardian angel pulled him from his body too quickly. He had not actually died yet, but now that the guardian angel did that, he's obviously, like, going to heaven, and they're saying, he's saying, well, I can't go. Like, I have to play, you know, football. I've got to get to the Super Bowl. They're like, well, we can put you back in your body, and we cut to the funeral, and they've cremated him. So he doesn't have a body to go back to. So basically this journey is him like he can go into someone else's body who is killed. Like he just has to be in. He has to get to the body in a certain amount of time. So he goes into some other people's bodies and the story takes off from there. And like there's a love story element of it. And like him trying to play football in someone else's body. And um, (laughs) it's just really funny. And... Um, Actually, the, like, head guardian angel is um, one of the actors who had played the main guy in the 50s version of A Star is Born. So it's all connected. 
oh wow it all comes full circle exactly and he's really good so yeah it's funny it we watched it on amazon prime so check it out if you're interested it was a funny 70s movie just like a different plot than anything i've seen yeah that sounds unique and funny i actually wanted to talk about a movie that i'm watching well Eh, it's more of a series, I guess, a documentary series. So it's a Netflix original, I believe, called High Score. And it's a video game documentary series. Uh, My husband is a big gamer, as you say. And I am a a student (laughs) of it, I guess. So I am into documentaries. Steven is into video games. So it's kind of like a great marriage of us. So we started watching it and we have one episode left, but I highly recommend it. It's super interesting, very informative, um, just kind of talks about like kind of the evolution of video games, like starting from Atari and moving from like more complex games. And I really enjoyed, they include portions about like how the gaming industry has evolved. Something that was super interesting to me personally was like sports video games hadn't really been a thing and I am not I'll admit it I'm not a huge sports person like in real life like I didn't even know who Madden was like (laughs) I, I knew he was like a famous football person but I didn't know who he was and then they talk about him on the documentary and I was like oh that guy he looks and sounds familiar so putting the pieces together slowly but surely. I have a lot to learn. But that was super interesting because I talked to the guy who really revolutionized Madden and they actually had a guy who he was eventually hired by EA who's like the people who make the Madden series or whatever. And he eventually got a, a job with EA and he's a black gay man and talked about how sports games... Like, I don't know if it was in the code of the game or if it was just a systemic issue, but all of the players were white. And so he got to be part of that that change in making more races available and be able to have um, more diversity within the games. And so people who play the games, there are more people who want to play it because they have people that look like them. So that was really interesting to me. Really cool. Yeah. So they have a lot of like really neat, like just like life moments that kind of like makes you think like this is bigger than just a video game. You know, it's about people seeing themselves in something. So that was cool. So yeah, they kind of talk about like the different like brands and how they go through all the different systems. And one of the <laughs> the last episode we, or two episodes that we watched were uh, Nintendo had come out with some of their gaming consoles and Mario had gotten really big and then Sega was trying to find a way to market Sonic to people so like that was a really interesting episode because I remember some of those commercials that are like Sega where they're like screaming do you, do you remember that yeah 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 where they like scream Sega or whatever. So yeah. Anyway, I recommend it. We have one episode left. And yeah, it's really cool seeing how the gaming industry is involved because like it's crazy how big an industry it is, like video games. And then they're like esports now and you know, 
it's all over the place. Yeah. Video games have evolved so much and I do not claim at all to be an expert. You know, I have grown up around video games because of my brother and like I love the Nintendo 64, but it's not too <laughs> intensive. Uh, but it's so interesting to see how it's evolved and how it's become really like normal in a way to play video games. It used to be like, oh, you're weird. You play video games. Yeah. Like, that's the nerdy thing. And now I feel like all those people are like, okay, what the heck? Now you're playing like FIFA and <laughs> Fortnite, you know, all the time. So right. there's a lot of different levels of gamers now, which I think is cool. Yeah. But if you're a gamer out there, we have to plug yes. our brother channel. None of them are our brothers, thankfully. <laughs> but um, <laughs> my husband and his best friend, Jake, they have a YouTube channel called Chortle Games. So if you're a gamer, like all that kind of stuff, then check them out. They're great. Yes, I'll hop on a live stream every now and then, hit that chat, and it's a fun time. So it is. There's a lot of discussion. It's it's fun. Well, what are you drinking tonight? <sighs> As I take a sip, <laughs> crisp. I'm having a homemade margarita, and mm. Shelby, if you're listening, cheers to you. And I will also say that the new thing that I'm here for, um, since this is called Pop Culture on the Rocks, I have an ice tray. Well, my mom has an ice tray that makes those like square ice cubes that are huge and last for hours. And then also a circular one. And so all you need is like one of those popping in your beverage it doesn't have to be alcoholic you know if you just need ice that's gonna last a while this is a cool thing and you feel really fancy having this like cool looking ice so give it a (laughs) shot yeah you can get them on amazon um unfortunately i'm not being paid to promote this item but um (laughs) check it out let me know if you do it's a cool ice situation you know if that is a (laughs) thing i don't know it elevates the experience yeah exactly make yourself a nice cocktail at home don't let anybody tell you you can't exactly do what you want well i'm having a breakfast ipa Mm. it's called devil's harvest and i know this is a podcast so you can't see the packaging but it's pretty intense and it looks really cool it's from southern prohibition brewing which is here in hattiesburg mississippi i'm not in hattiesburg but i'm in the state so i feel like here is good enough (laughs) yeah really cool as you know we always like to support local here on the podcast and i just got it here at the grocery store and I'm not a huge beer person. That's not really my go-to beverage, but I'm always down to support some local places and it tastes good. So I recommend it. If anybody's ever in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, or probably in Mississippi in general, because I just got this at Kroger, so. Since you can't see it, I'll describe it for you. My first thought was, it looks like Slytherin from Harry Potter. (laughs) That is a good description. Yeah, it is. It's very, very green. I love it. Yeah, it's like a it's like a guy with a chainsaw. It's pretty epic. So maybe I'll have to put a um, put it on our Instagram story. Yes, for sure. Every week, (laughs) Callan and I like to showcase a reason why CBS needs to cast us on The Amazing Race. We get it. It's quarantine pandemic mode right now. But The show is officially coming back October 14th. I know we will be covering it here on the podcast. So what you got, Callan? Why should we be on the show? Anna and I should be cast on The Amazing Race because we can hold our pee. (laughs) 
<laughs> now, <sighs> you know, we we give a wide range of reasons and you might be like, mm, that's a strange one. But if you saw Amazing Race like 11 years ago, then you saw Keisha and Jen stop because Jen had to use the bathroom because her bladder was about to explode and they went home because of it. That's tough. I will gladly pee my pants <laughs> racing to the pit stop and just apologize to Phil when I arrive. Because <laughs> there's no way. Like, can you imagine being known? Like, I had to Google this, like, to make sure I got my facts straight about, like, the year it was on and stuff. And from EWEntertainmentWeekly.com, the title of this article is The Amazing Race Recap, Urine It to Win It. Can you imagine if that was us? Oh my gosh. I'm not letting that happen. No. No. Wow. Yeah. That is an iconic, amazing race moment. And I know it's something that they probably regret. Didn't they go and win? They came back and win one, right? Yes, I believe so. I'm glad they got to come back because that was a horrible way to go out. Yeah, and what a redemption arc. I mean, they proved themselves, so. They sure did. CBS, if if you're listening, we're ready, so our DMs are open. All right, well, are we ready to move into our pop culture education segment? Yes, I'm always excited to learn. I feel like we need like a like a cool title to like bring us into this part, maybe like a theme song, Ooh, something. Yeah. So if anybody has any recommendations, I'd love to hear it. Okay, well, I'm doing something a little different. I'm going to be talking about a podcast that I've been enjoying recently. So this podcast is called Drumroll. it's called even the rich so it's two female hosts we have brooke sifrin and arisha skidmore williams they're apparently friends in real life i think they have good banter they it's pretty lighthearted. you know they have a good time i will let you know it is explicit but it's not too bad like you know there's some out there that it's like whoa do you have any other words but With them, I I feel like it's pretty PG-13 for the most part. So yeah, I think they have a good chemistry. I read the reviews before doing this because I was curious like what other people thought. And a few people said it kind of sounds like really scripted and things like that, which personally I don't have a problem with. But if that's something you're not really into, then maybe I don't suggest it. But I think it's really good. So I was going to hit you with some of the segments that they've done. So usually what they do is they'll have a topic that they go over and it's usually like three to five episodes. And then the last episode, they'll interview uh, kind of like an expert. So usually like someone who, um, like a journalist who did a an article on the topic or someone who wrote a book about the topic or something like that. So I've always appreciated that because that's been really interesting too, is hearing it from somebody who probably spent like years of their life studying whatever it is. So it's called Even the Rich because it follows obviously rich people and rich families and kind of like the drama and difficulties that they have. So the first 
season slash segment that they do is called Diana to Megan. So obviously it's about Princess Diana and Megan, who is the wife of Harry, Prince Harry. Um, I don't really know what you're supposed to call them now since they're not really like active in the royal family, but they'll always be royal to me. Um, if you know me, I love just British royalty in general. I find it super interesting and I don't know, there's just a lot going on there. So um, that first segment was really good. That tied me into it. I actually started listening to the podcast in March during quarantine. Um, I would usually listen to it while I was doing a puzzle. Very like symbolic of 2020, I think. Diana DeMegan's really good. It talks about, has a little bit of a background about Diana and about Megan and kind of how they both have, have had difficulties kind of finding their role in the royal family and having a push and pull of like wanting to make the royal family more modern, but also having a struggle being pulled back into like the traditional role of what kind of like the woman's supposed to look like. And then a huge portion, as we know, um, is how the media has affected both of those women. Obviously, in very different ways, but also very similar ways. So that one was really interesting. So yeah, if you're into the royal family, into Diana and Meghan, I highly recommend that one. Really, I recommend all of them. The second season is about the Rupert Murdoch family. Now, I didn't really know who Rupert Murdoch was. I had heard that name before, but wasn't really sure like who he was. And if you were like me, I will happily educate you now. Um, Rupert Murdoch is like a juggernaut of money. (laughs) He's like one of the most, he's one of the richest men in the world, or at least at one point he was. I don't know if he still is. feel like it's ever changing. But he owns like TVs, TVs, not like actual TVs, but like (laughs) TV networks. Um, several newspapers, book publishing, just like has a media empire. So this season focuses on kind of like where Rupert was because I think he grew up, you know, pretty poor and rose in the ranks to own this media empire and talks about his family drama that he's had. He's been married several times. He has, I believe, six children. And the main deal that they talk about is kind of like succession. So like, where is his money going to go when Mm. he dies? Mm -hmm. Because the man is like in his 80s, late 80s, I think. And, you know, the, the all of the siblings are trying to like kind of buddy up to the dad and trying to do all that and navigate that whole thing. Yeah. So it's super interesting. I find it super interesting because it is kind of like I want to be the best son in order to get all the money or I'm the oldest so I'm supposed to get it or I am the child of your favorite ex-wife or you know something like that. It's super dramatic. Very interesting. It's like biblical times when it's like well I'm the firstborn so. Yeah exactly. Yeah it's very interesting. So I recommend that one especially since if you're like me you didn't really know anything about the Murdochs. It's cool. Third season Jay-Z and Beyonce. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So that one's really fun. Um, I didn't really know a whole lot about Beyonce's background really before Destiny's Child, like all of that. And I didn't really know anything about Jay-Z. And so it kind of talks about their early days, kind of like how they got into the music industry and then how they became close and then how their love blossomed and then how now they 
are like the power couple of America, basically, and like uh, have a great music empire and family and everything like that. So that one was really interesting too. A lot of stuff I had never known about Jay-Z and Beyonce. It was just really cool. I really liked it. I think they're fascinating. Their whole story is, and I know there's a lot, like especially about their backgrounds, like you said, that I won't know much about. I think I saw maybe like a back in the day when they did E! True Hollywood Stories. I think I saw the one yes. for... Oh, I loved those. I think I saw the Me one too. for um, Jay-Z and just about how he had built this empire. But have you heard this conspiracy theory that Nicki Minaj is just Jay-Z sped up? <laughs> what? <laughs> what people were telling me about this the other day i'm not a good source google it but yeah apparently like people have decided that Nicki minaj's music is is jay-z sped up so look it up i i don't know (laughs) wow hitting us with something i love it i love a conspiracy (laughs) theory so me too those are always interesting i i feel like one day we should do an episode on pop culture conspiracy theories because there's a really lady gaga has a good one avril lavigne i was about to say avril lavigne's my favorite (laughs) yeah oh yeah we're gonna have to do this this is the these are too good so get excited i love it that sounds great Okay, I got two more to talk about, so let me know what you think. Fourth season is about the Getty family. Again, not somebody that I really know. I know there's like a Getty museum, never been, don't know anything about it. So, senior Getty, John Paul Getty, J. Paul Getty, he has several names. They all have the same name, so it's a little confusing. He had like an oil company that just like blew up as oil companies usually do. And again, he was one of those men who was listed as a richest man alive kind of deal. But it was super interesting because he's kind of known, he's known as being very frugal and very penny pinching, even though he owns like billions of dollars. And the most famous thing he's known for being frugal on is his grandson getting kidnapped. Oh, plot twist. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So this family has a very like confusing, screwed up, like lots of history there, I'm sure. As these wealthy families do. Right. Lots of drama. And so he doesn't really have a close relationship with his grandson. And apparently back in these days, like in Italy, which is where the grandson is, apparently it was rather common for Italian mobs to like kidnap wealthy people. And get the ransom. Okay. And so they're like, well, let's just kidnap the richest guy's son, grandson, and surely we can get millions of dollars out of it. No. J. Paul Getty's like, nah, fam, I don't do that. <laughs> and so anyway, it's it's really sad, to be honest. I mean, anyone who's kidnapped, hello, that's dramatic. Yeah. But having your your grandfather not bail you out for your ransom is like, wow, that's got to hurt a little bit. Yeah. So Yikes. yeah, I didn't know. Again, I didn't know anything about that story. Very interesting. Season five is what they're currently on. And this one I actually had heard of. Shocker. I actually knew something. So this is the one that they're currently on. So I think they have maybe one or two more episodes left on the season. Um, But it's about Ted Kennedy, who, if you don't know that name, he is the brother of President John F. Kennedy 
and Senator Robert Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy. Yeah, so it's about Ted Kennedy and the death of Mary Jo Kopechny. So, I mean, there, from my understanding, there's some speculation as far as what happened, but it said that Ted Kennedy and Mary Jo were in a car together late at night and not sure if alcohol was involved or any other substances, but an accident occurred and Mary Jo died, unfortunately. Um, so there was a lot of cover-up, a lot of scheming, trying to like find the best way to get Ted out of the situation, especially because both of his brothers had passed away by then. Not passed away, they were murdered. They were both murdered by then and Ted Kennedy was favored to run for president soon. And so they wanted to to cover this up to, you know, make him look good, basically. And I won't go to all of what happens at the end with the judiciary process, because honestly, I don't really remember. And they haven't gone through it all on the podcast either. So um, I don't want to get any information incorrect. But from what I recall, the punishment was not very severe. However, the incident did kind of tarnish Ted Kennedy's path to to running for president. So it's really sad. So there are a lot of theories about kind of what happened and what happened to Mary Jo, which is really unfortunate. There's also a Chappaquiddick movie. That's what I was thinking. I thought there was a movie called Chappaquiddick too. Yeah. And I watched it a while back because I was like, what is Chappaquiddick? I was like, what is this name? And I think I watched it on Hulu, if I recall. I'm not sure if it's still there anymore, but this is like major rabbit trail, but I think it's super interesting. Uh So the Chappaquiddick movie goes over all of this information and goes through the trial that Ted Kennedy went through and things like that. But the guy who plays Ted Kennedy is named Jason Clark, which if you saw his face, maybe you'd recognize him from like Zero Dark Thirty and like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Kind of random, but he's like kind of, I think, grown a little bit in popularity. Okay, I'm just gonna say I've known this man for so long. And let me tell you why. Because I was like, this guy looks so familiar. And he plays... The bad guy in Mary-Kate and Ashley's movie, Our Lips Are Sealed. Oh my gosh. (laughs) No way. So he went from Mac, the bad guy in Our Lips Are Sealed, to Ted Kennedy in Chappaquiddick. I mean, you know, people get typecast, so (laughs) say what you want about that one. There you go. The Kennedy family has so much just stuff that we'll get into one day maybe but wow yeah it's heavy so anyway i recommend listening to even the rich as you know all of those segments sounded really interesting to me but yeah let me know if you end up listening to any of them and let me know what you think good or bad one of the many podcasts that i am subscribed to so i'll definitely let y'all know the future ones that i'm listening to and loving maybe after this season of big brother maybe we'll listen to another story for even the rich for whoever wins half a million dollars <laughs> that was a pretty good segment huh segue <laughs> very good segue <laughs> i'm glad hopefully um these uh curses or negative things will not come upon the winner of bb22 <laughs> Yeah, we shall see. It's not looking too great, though, for who all's left. It sure isn't. Do we ever have anything positive to say? I don't think so. Nope. 
Last we left off, uh, the HOH competition had started with the fire hydrant puzzle. Not much to say about that competition. (laughs) Um, But Memphis, Tennessee won it. No comment. (laughs) You know, whatever. I, I think I said either last week or the week before that, you know, as the Big Brother season goes on, you, like, forget what people did early on, like... It lasts so long that you've already forgiven them and, like, you might be rooting for them again. But this week, Memphis just reminded me why he made me (laughs) mad in the past. (laughs) Right. He didn't piss me off like he did the first time as far as, like, his words. But he just made himself look really inexperienced this week. And I will... Yes! We can dive into that as we move through the week, but... Yeah, I'm just like, you know, you're over here calling David a rookie and I am not impressed with you right now. (laughs) I know. And that's a frustrating thing. So this is the second time Memphis has gotten HOH this season. And both times now, he has not consulted with his alliance to figure out what the plan is. Like going into the nomination ceremony, none of his alliance members know what's going to happen. Because Mm -hmm. he just does not have any interest in talking game with people. I don't know what he talks to people about, but it's not the game. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. I don't know why he's so secretive. He told David, like, don't tell anyone what I'm telling you because if you do and I hear it, I'll know it's coming from your mouth. So maybe he just, he likes the element of surprise or he thinks that, like, his plan will come to fruition if he just doesn't tell anyone. But I'm like, okay, if you're in an alliance, usually you have to consult the other members of said alliance that's what's so confusing to me is like okay you have this big alliance literally that's what an alliance is you talk things through you want to figure out things as a team and then you move forward with ever whatever your game plan is but what's confusing to me is that he does not want to consult his alliance but he expects everyone in the house to honor his wishes Mm-hmm. And that's what's so confusing to me because I'm like, okay, are you wanting to play old school where it's like we're going with our alliance trying to figure out what we want to do? Or are you more new school where it's like, well, we have to do what the HOH wants because we don't want any bad blood or whatever. It doesn't compute to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think for him, he wants to be in an alliance as far as I'm protected if I'm not in charge and these people we've agreed like are not going to come after me. But he doesn't want to be in the part of the alliance where you work as a group to make decisions and do what's in the best interest of the group, not just yourself. Right. So, and I mean, his first season, he wasn't in an alliance like except with Dan right so I feel like everybody else kind of knows how to operate with like big numbers you know but I don't know he's he's something but speaking of David all everything this week comes back to the vote against Ian and you know Danny and Nicole were like well let's just act like David was the one that flipped that vote and Mm-hmm. They didn't really even have to try because Davon and Kevin just automatically assumed David flipped, which speaks to how David's been playing the game this season. Yeah. Ugh, not super smart or trustworthy. Yeah, there's been some crazy, like, information passed back and forth because that whole vote deal is just a mess because, you know, Day and Kevin think that one thing about David. And then I don't know if, like, Kevin has an epiphany 
or like a dream or something. <laughs> and he just realizes like, I think Nicole may have lied to us. Yeah. And that whole scene with Day and Nicole was just like, oh, that is just painful. I think the Ian vote was definitely like a ghost house guest this week because it was just like lingering over that group. Anyway, so Kevin and Davon were nominated. Memphis says that his goal is to backdoor David and makes that <laughs> deal with David that if he gets chosen to play the video, veto, that he's not going to try to win. Like, okay, interesting. Maybe this is, you know, my own opinion, but is David really worth a backdoor? And <laughs> like, by that, I mean, is he really such a competition threat that we can't leave him on the block? Because no, literally no one is going to take him down except himself. Yeah, Tyler wants to keep him in the game, but I don't think he's going to go out of his way to take him off the block at this point so it's like you're telling me that david is really gonna go win this veto and take himself off i mean i guess <laughs> yeah. he's won that power so it's not impossible for him to win i just thought isn't it just more guaranteed for you that you can just go ahead and put him and then have everyone else fighting against him to win right yeah you would think but as you saw memphis did not consult anyone about this idea so he just did what he wanted to do. That's true. The veto. Um, I feel like when they picked veto players, that for sure showed people's cards. Yeah. It didn't look good for Danny and Nicole when Davon and Kevin picked them instead of David. And I think just already confirmed people's suspicions from last yeah. week. Yeah. There, it was kind of like, okay, this is solid evidence that I have. Yeah. I was so excited to have Zingbot because I thought everyone there deserves some zings <laughs> after the season Absolutely. <laughs> we love get, seeing people get ready. Roasted. It's great. <laughs> Christmas's zing was hilarious. My favorite one. So funny. There were some harsh ones in there, though. There were. You know, Nicole was very upset. Understandably. Yeah. You don't look old, Danny. <laughs> I know. I'm like, good grief. I look older than her. And I'm supposed to be young. <laughs> I mean, she was 20 or something when she played the first time, so. And she looks amazing. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Zing's a robot. He doesn't age. He just rusts. So exactly. what can you do? <laughs> Tiger Zing. Oh my gosh. That was cringy. The whole Joe Exotic deal. I'm just like, Tiger King will never go away. People are milking that one for all it's worth. Carol's over here on ABC and now... <laughs> Yeah. Hitting all the networks. Yeah. He's making his way onto cable network television. <laughs> right. Those are always just a good time. Yeah. They were funny. Tyler ended up winning, even though Memphis wanted him to throw it. And what followed their conversation is when I was like, Memphis, you just need to go on home. <laughs> I know. And that was the frustrating thing. I'm like, see, this is why you need to talk to your alliance members because they're going to tell you things to make you realize it. And it was like, oh yeah, David is on an island. He doesn't have anyone. Davon and Kevin are close. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, you're right. She did pick Nicole for the veto. He did pick Danny for the veto. <laughs> like, if you would talk to your alliance members, they would tell you this before the nomination ceremony so that you're all on the same page. And then you're not right. mad at Tyler for not using the veto. Exactly. It was absurd. So, 
like I get Memphis having his plan and this whole conversation made Tyler look like a master gamer and I do think Tyler's really good at the game but like this was not this was common sense (laughs) yeah and what made me nuts was you know memphis said well day and kevin don't have deals with anyone and then tyler's like well then how come i was put on the block last week and davon was not and right why did they pick danny and nicole instead of anyone else like you said and then we go to the dr and this is where he lost me permanently <laughs> he says <laughs> You know, I'm considering keeping noms the same now that Tyler has given me this information. And I said to the TV, I said, this is not new information. This is what happened in front of you. Right. This is not like, oh, hey, here's some secret info. This is who got nominated and who got picked for the veto. This was all things you were present for. And you're acting like this is brand new information. Like cue the Phoebe from Friends gif. (laughs) (laughs) oh this is brand new information like what exactly and and yes i'm I'm sorry but this is classic memphis needing to be told what's going on yep on bb10 dan told him what was going on and dan was like covering his own butt to memphis's detriment and memphis didn't seem to even realize that dan was doing that so like this is not new but i mean come on (laughs) this is ridiculous the proof is in the pudding about his gameplay and just yikes sometimes it's just like how did you not put two and two together i don't know tyler does not use the veto as davon predicted and we go into the next episode the eviction episode it was so sad because i love davon and she is fantastic i was really hoping she could pull it out and be the first african-american winner that would just be fantastic but her eviction speech was phenomenal i know it's gonna go down as like this is awesome you know like one of the best when i was watching it i said if i ever need a speechwriter, i'm calling davon because yeah exactly it's just amazing and you know i'm always impressed when people can get up there on live tv and remember like what they wanted to say but she did not even like miss a beat and i i just loved it major props to her and kevin for talking about real life issues more than the game yeah yeah i was really disappointed to see davon go as well well because I just well number one I would of the two I for sure would have preferred Kevin to go not because I dislike Kevin but I just think Davon is a more interesting player to watch so that was a bummer and I think she really deserved to be there I don't know she just had to put up with a lot of ridiculousness whether it was Christmas catching an attitude because she got picked by Davon as a have not and seemed to not understand why oh I nominated you well why does that mean that I have to be a have not just because I nominated you right she just had to deal with so much you know she had the Tyler almost like falling on his sword theoretically for her she had to watch Mm -hmm. Bailey go next to her then she was sitting next to her other best friend she's just been through a lot and then on top of it all you know she talked throughout the season about how she was there for things bigger than the game and I really respect that and I feel sad about this Nicole situation because I think Nicole let fear get the best of her regarding her game 
and that's why she mm-hmm. didn't tell her the truth about the vote but she I think really should have told Davon the truth when Davon confronted her because Davon explained that there's a reason I don't want to be bashing David on national television so right. don't let me do that if it's not deserved and it wasn't and here we are so I can understand I feel like Davon that was what was hurtful to her not the game reason you know she understands right. that she's a big brother fan so yeah I feel bad that she's going out on that but it is what it is I guess Right. I know her and Ian will um, swap a lot of information and yeah, we'll see what comes of it. I can't wait to see this jury house, man. I mean, the first two people, I'm like, let me just show me the jury house instead. I probably just want to see that. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Well, she wanted a marg when she got evicted. So this marg I'm drinking is for you, Davon. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Cheers to Davon. Thinking of you, cheers. Moving forward, what do you think is going to happen with the wise guys? One and two. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. Because I think, so in, it's Enzo and Memphis. Memphis has this grand plan of having two different final threes. One with Christmas and one with Cody. Both of them called the wise guys. Are they doing the same name that way? Like, if somebody slips up, it's still the same name? Like, do you think that's I the assume thought process? so. I assume so. Yeah. Because they're both a little bit old up in age. So they're like, let's just call it the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I get the impression Enzo likes to work with the guys. He's not really super interested in working with the women. So I don't know how committed he'll be to Christmas. But I get the impression that he's super close to Cody and super close to Tyler. That's kind of the vibe I get. I don't really know how his relationship is with Memphis. I just, I feel like Memphis is more invested in this than Enzo is. Yeah, I think Memphis thinks he's come up with a brilliant plan. And if it works out, then maybe it was brilliant, but only time will tell. Yeah. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised because I feel like I haven't seen Memphis and Enzo interact very much. So that duo was surprising to me, even though that's two people I would have put together at the beginning just because they're older players. But the Cody thing makes sense. And I mean, hello, Cody is in a fantastic spot because he was already in a final two with both of them. And now you have them making a final three with him. I mean, he's gold there. I know that Enzo and Christmas had somewhat of a good relationship enough for him you know her to let him put her on the block right that's true i thought the third wise guy in the wise guys number two was going to be tyler i was honestly mm-hmm. surprised when they cut and it was christmas yeah because i i do get the impression that enzo and tyler are close and yeah you bring up a good point that enzo and christmas are close yeah i guess maybe christmas and memphis have a relationship that we don't really see as much at least on the episodes i know i've heard on some of the live feeds that Memphis and Christmas do talk game. But yeah, I I feel like Christmas said in the DR that she's more loyal to Tyler. So I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah, I think that's her, her number one. I think probably, I mean, we saw Memphis say that he thinks he can beat Enzo. So I assume he thinks he can beat Christmas. I'm not positive either one of those are true, but... I know, that's how I feel too. <laughs> 
this yeah. jury, I feel like where it's going to be hard to predict, I feel. For sure. Because I feel like everybody has weird opinions about everyone in that house. So, Definitely. yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's not going to be a clean sweep. Yeah. And uh, if Memphis and Cody were in the final two, I'm pretty sure Cody would win. That's how I feel as well. Then again, I don't know what Memphis is feeling thinking if you know what the brain cells are doing i don't really know i don't know either (laughs) no matter what i will continue to give memphis credit for putting together the committee because it has done very well and they have been in power most of the time so you know that's there's something to be said for that yeah and of course they're you know planting this info to david so that he will come after Danny and Nicole moving forward. These women are dropping like flies. I know. It's not good. I mean, of those two duos, Christmas and Memphis, Danny and Nicole, there is a clear better choice, in my opinion. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know who's going to win that one. I think the odds of David winning an HOH are very low so like I get planting this information with him but also I mean is that really gonna benefit you that much I don't know but I also thought about the fact that in David's mind Memphis held up his end of the bargain true he didn't know that Memphis was going (laughs) back to him so I don't know if like Tyler's gonna tell him that but he's gonna trust Memphis now because in his mind Memphis did what he said he was going to do yeah yeah the week went the way he thought it would all I know is we were sort of correct with one of our guesses about who was moving in next door. What were your thoughts on the neighbor? Okay, <laughs> this might be a hot take. And considering <laughs> who this person is, we're probably, me, I'm probably going to get some comments back for this. But Dr. Will is the legend that now lives in the neighbor's house next to the All-Stars, which is fantastic. Okay, but Dr. Will looks like he belongs in the Twilight movie. (laughs) Like, he looks great. Don't get me wrong. He looks wonderful. He always looks, like, pristine. His skin is beautiful as, of course. I mean, hello, he's a dermatologist. Right. But, like, he's always in great shape. He looks fantastic. But I'm like, this man looks like he's a Cullen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, he does. Like... And I I truly feel like he would take that as a compliment. That's true. I think he wants to walk outside and sparkle. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But anyway, all jokes aside, he is a legend. Absolutely a legend. Totally an all-star. I mean, I I loved the comment, the phrase that he said where it wouldn't be all-stars if he wasn't there. It's true. So I just wonder how much money they paid him to come. To oh come gosh. up there in his robe. Well, but we know he didn't do it for free. Yeah. But yeah, that was really fun to see him. And I love how the... I, I mean, I don't, I don't really feel like it's a twist. It's more like this is another element for you is to figure out if you want the prize or if you want power. So I really liked that though because Will, Dr. Will is kind of known for that. Yes, I loved he quoted himself about... He loves stuff, so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm i just happy to see another face, an old face. Yeah. I'm disappointed, you know, Janelle wasn't still in there when Dr. Will came by. 
so we could see them <laughs> wave to each other but it's fine I guess yeah that would have been fun I was honestly shocked by the news that we will have a triple eviction <laughs> next I week. know oh my goodness I am just like I was shook yes <laughs> Yes. Like same. a double eviction is already crazy. Like a triple eviction is just going to be insanity. I know. My question is, do the house guests know this or do they just think it's a double? I would assume they have no idea it's a triple because I feel like usually yeah. they can guess like, okay, this week is probably a double eviction or like they prepare for these few weeks to be. But since we've never had a triple eviction, I would assume they're going to find out when it happens, which is so exciting to me. I love when oh they Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love the panic. Yes. Especially with that house. I'm kind of like, you know, good riddance. (laughs) I know. We need something to spice it up. Yeah, we just need some some excitement that doesn't involve being cruel to one another. Right. That's not the excitement I'm looking for. No. Double eviction episodes always stress me out. Like, my anxiety is through the roof because usually people I like are at risk and I'm just nervous. Yeah. Three people, I know it's not going to be good news probably for most of those evictions. <laughs> I just can't imagine. But, I mean, now's the time to do it in All-Stars. So the jury True. is also going to be shocked when that many people arrive at one time. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <sighs> but um, Otev is also going to be the veto competition, which is just an, yes, an iconic one. I will say... Over the years I've been watching Otev, usually it does not work out in favor of someone that I'm pulling for. Mm. I'm just going to go ahead and prepare myself. <laughs> you have the Otev curse. It's going to be a crazy week. As we always say. Uh, it, it is. I mean, we say it's a crazy week and then sometimes it's it's not. <laughs> Last I heard, I know who the HOH is. So we'll see how crazy it'll be, but... At least the two-hour episode's going to be crazy. Well, if you don't follow us on Twitter, you should because we usually live tweet the episodes of Big Brother, so um, you can kind of, in real time, get our thoughts on what's happening. So you can follow us on Twitter at PopCultureOTR. You can also follow us on Instagram at PopCultureOnTheRocksPodcast or send us an email at PopCultureOTRPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, Anna, for educating me on Even the Rich. I definitely want to listen. Um, awesome. So I need to go subscribe to that now. Also, you can subscribe to our podcast. Um, hey, if you're, nice. If you're interested. <laughs> and you can also leave us a rating and a review. We had an awesome review on our Apple podcast that um, we are so grateful for. So shout out to Aunt Susan for We appreciate you and your kind words and cheers to you um go let us know where you're listening to us and what you want us to drink what you want us to discuss what you want us to watch thank you so much for listening everyone and until next time i'm callan i'm anna and the tribe has spoken 